Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see your beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet, nobody picks him up. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me, as always, will be my co-hosts, my friends and colleagues, PJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. And together, the three of us will handicap a pretty pivotal week upcoming in the soccer calendar. We've got Arsenal and City in a huge title race six-pointer on Wednesday. Four round of 16 matches in the Champions League. We'll touch a little on Europa League. Uh, including Barcelona and United, uh, and then we'll get out of here. We're recording this before the Super Bowl, um, which Anthony informs me features the Eagles and the Chiefs. Uh, so that's fun. But we've got our own Super Bowl, and that's on Wednesday, and that's featuring Arsenal and City. The odds I'm about to read to you come to us via Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Uh, remember to sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive Offer in New Jersey and Colorado, bet $1 on any game, get 200 free. BJ, this is a huge game for you. It for is. Your team, Arsenal, plus 190 at home. They're underdogs to Man City coming off a thrashing of Aston Villa. They're plus 125 on the road. Perhaps all is well at the Etihad. After all, mm-hmm. the draw is plus 260. Arsenal coming off a loss to Everton. Then they drew with Brentford in a game I don't even think they deserve to get a point out of. Oh, stop. But are, is the market kind of overlooking the Gunners off those two performances? Yeah, I mean, this is just a classic uh, sell-high spot on City and a buy-low spot on Arsenal. I really don't think that the Gunners should be underdogs because, first off, these two teams just played in the FA Cup, what was that, two weeks ago on a Friday? Arsenal rolled out, you know, not entirely their B team, but a lot of second-choice players while City, remember, it was at the Etihad, and Pep played a pretty much a full-strength squad 
and City did absolutely nothing in the entire match. They had just 0.32 expected goals and an expected threat of 0.68, two penalty box shots. And, oh, both those came after Thomas Party came off the pitch in favor of Lukonga, who's already now at loan at Crystal Palace. So, yes, Arsenal has not played well the last few matches. They were outplayed by Everton, and then for large stretches was outplayed by Brentford, even though they got screwed uh, on the set-piece goal that VAR just forgot to draw the line where it should be. So that was fun. Uh, but no, I mean, Arsenal, this is Arsenal at home. They've been unbelievable there this season, plus 1.4 expected goal differential per 90 minutes. While City, when they've played the big six away from home, they haven't played too well. Like the, if you go back and look, they played Liverpool when Liverpool was pretty far down and, and at their lowest. Liverpool outplayed them, or outcreated them on expected goals 2.1 to 1. They're really the only time they've actually beaten a team on expected goals was against Chelsea, who was at their low point after the World Cup as well. They got outplayed, obviously, by United, and they recently just got outplayed by Spurs. So I'm not so sure that they should be a favorite here. I get it. They just beat Aston Villa, and they created a bunch of expected goals. But the game state kind of changes when you score off a set-piece goal in the third minute. So I'd like to see how that match would play out if Villa didn't concede inside the first three minutes. So... I will be playing Arsenal. I do have them projected at plus 150 and City at plus 177. So I think the line should actually be flipped. I don't really think Arsenal should be an underdog here. So I'm rolling with my gunners. Draw no bet at plus 105. I really, I don't think they should be an underdog. I think City still has problems. I kind of like the draw here for a couple of reasons. One, two really good defenses. Two teams that do a lot of the same things well. Um, And I just don't think either team would be that upset with getting a point out of this match. I think City had City had Arsenal not dropped two points over the weekend, it would be a different story. But now the calculus kind of changes a little bit and City can play more of a big picture view of this game uh and say, all right, well let's just they're three we're three points back. I know Arsenal's got a game in hand. Uh but if we kind of just stay here and bet on ourselves to have the better stretch run, that's not a terrible tactic let's say uh so i i I think anthony's bet kind of plays into this a little bit or at least where he's looking Uh, i think that this is going to be a little bit of a a snoozer uh that used to be the cliche with these when these two teams not arsenal and city but when one versus two would play uh prior to the classics between city and arsenal the past few years that we would say ah you know these these games often times end up being slugfests and kind of boring and both teams play pragmatically. And then it stopped that, that trend kind of stopped for a couple seasons. And I think we're going to actually head back towards that and, and see two teams. So uh, I like to draw plus two sixty. I don't hate an exact score of like maybe nil, nil, you'll get a good number because uh, people will expect us some goals. Um, but that's where I'm looking here. Uh, I'll probably be on the draw. Yeah. I lean toward the under, uh, at two and a half, it's a little bit dicey, but you know, two and three quarters, if we get there, I I really like the under this arsenal attack, uh, has shown some signs of, of weakness in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I think that we're going to continue to see that, uh, with Jesus being out. Uh, I know BJ mentioned last week that he thought Enketia was better. I would strongly disagree. And I think you're kind of seeing that a little bit. The thing that concerns me is like, we know what we're getting from arsenal. Like they've been playing pretty much the same 11 for the last pretty much all season, you know, sub one guy here or there. Uh, But we don't know what we're going to get from city from a lineup perspective. Like he played a back three today with 
a ton of attackers on the field. Rodri Gundogan, double pivot, Rico Lewis benched and then played, uh, you know, three in front of them, three in front of Rodri and Gundogan and then Holland up top. I think we may see the same, but then you're asking a lot of your, of your wide center backs to, to guard flanks. And you're asking a lot of, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Mares to track back and defend or De Bruyne, if he, uh, depending on where he ends up in that formation, Grealish getting back defensively. Like there's a lot of question marks about it. Pep can really get away with being that aggressive on the road at Arsenal. Now, if he wants to go full tilt and try to outscore them, I obviously don't like my under in that situation. So this is going to be one of those games where I kind of have to wait a little bit until we get closer to game time and, and potentially even lineups, let the market settle uh, because I'm not quite sure where we'll end up on this one. But in, in terms of just like where I am on both of these teams, you know, you, if you listen to this show every week, you know that I'm a, a still believe that Arsenal is not good enough to be more than a goal better than their opponents per 90, which they've been in the first half. I think regression comes there. Uh, but City's attack has been pretty lackluster overall too. They had a good game today, over three expected goals, uh, over two and a half non-penalty, good showing. Definitely was an, an inspired performance, which, you know, I guess we could have expected after a couple, of, you know, Pep kept challenging them and tinkering the lineup. But yeah, I mean, I I struggle with this match. I'm, I'm not going to feel forced to bet it. We've got Champions League on the same time. It'll be a great day for the the triple box, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Lebov's angle too, though. Like a draw isn't a bad result for either side. Now let's not forget the last two matches, Arsenal. It's going to be a completely different approach, right? Because they've played two teams that play very, very deep low blocks and look to counter them. You know, City's probably going to control majority of the possession. And even if we go back to last year, I know it wasn't. You know, things are obviously very different right now, but. Arsenal really did outplay City for a large stretch of that match at the Emirates. They countered them really, really well. And then Gabriel got a dumb red card. They got a phantom pen. City got a phantom penalty. And then from there, the match got flipped on its head and Rodri scored to win 2-1. But I think if you see a similar game plan from Arsenal, who can sit deep, who does defend well in transition and can counter City, who, yeah, Anthony, I agree with you. It's going to be a very interesting approach. Does Pep go like what he did against Tottenham, which was a very defensive approach, very afraid of getting hurt on the counter, or does he go very attacking? I think he probably wasn't very afraid of, of Aston Villa countering them. So yeah, it will be interesting to see what he does. But yeah, it's going to be, you know, I don't, yeah, Arsenal's in bad form, but it's just a completely different style of play and a completely different opponent in City where they're going to, you know, Arsenal's going to have to play more defensive, which they did a good job of in the last meeting. Yeah, and going back to that January meeting, like I think that uh, that game was headed way toward an under. I mean, it was going to be a one nil Arsenal win look like until the penalty. So uh, they did a really good job of suppressing City's shots, which is something Tottenham just did, which is something that uh, Arsenal did a good job of in the FA Cup. So you know, if if City's going to have a lot of stale possession, uh, I think it's interesting that you know you look toward the under. Also, I mean, at this point, like Brentford and Everton did a really good job pressing. I thought, and I don't know that City's at that level uh, of energy off the ball. They have not been the same pressing team this year. So uh, it'll be interesting. Of course, they're, they're dominant possession, but uh, you know, with the impetus being on the road favorite, this is an, an easy pass for me. It's for, in terms of the side. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know if city's on Evidence level. Um, I agree. Let's yeah. move on to at least uh, that Champions. day. They weren't <laughs> Let's move on to champions intensity. league uh, real quick. I'm going to run through the odds. Of course, for my friends at bet three, six, five city at the top. As a favorite, clear favorite, plus 175. Bayern's plus 650. PSG, 8-1. to one. Those two teams play each other. Liverpool, Madrid, uh, Napoli, all 10-1. to one. Chelsea, 16. Spurs, 18. Benfica, 28-1. to one. Inter, 33-1. to one. Milan, 50. Uh, Dortmund, 50. Leipzig, 
interesting long shot. Uh, they would be what 40 to one, 50 to one if they weren't playing City, I think, in round 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 100 to one. Uh, Porto, 100 to one. Frankfurt, 100 to one. And uh, Bruges, 150 to one. I think Frankfurt, interesting as well. Um, let's move on to, uh, we'll start with Milan and Spurs, Anthony's Tottenham. This is the inconsistent bowl. Milan's plus 155 at home on the three-way line. Spurs plus 180. The draw plus 230. The two-advance line. Milan a slight underdog, plus 125. Spurs minus 175. This is a classic Champions League matchup when you can say neither one of these teams deserve... The fact that one of these teams is going into the round uh, or the quarterfinals is is a little bit of a, a shame because of the way that they played. But yet, you know, it's you, you, you get in the hat. That's all, that's all you can ask for out of your teams. Um... I kind of like Spurs here. I think that there's kind of some fun narrative angles with uh, Conte going back to Italy here, playing a a style that should suit him with the kind of impetus being on Milan at home to, to get ahead. I think that should play in, into their hands, but it's so hard to trust either one of these teams. Milan won two and three in their last six. That's win, draw, loss. Spurs, three wins, one draw, four losses. A win against City, losses to uh, Arsenal City, Leicester, Include that Leicester game this weekend is just hilarious because it looked like Spurs. Maybe we're about to build, start building something, and and the market would be like, all right, like maybe we can trust Spurs in the spot. But now, look out, Anthony. Anything here? I would have loved Tottenham if I was smart. If I were smart enough to bet it two weeks ago when they were damn near plus a half, I would have loved Tottenham plus a half in this spot. But uh, as a as a road slight underdog uh, from a side perspective, no interest in this match. It's funny. I tweeted on Saturday, like oh or Friday. Uh, you know, it's hard to see this Milan team beating Spurs and then Spurs went in and put in a way worse performance than Milan did. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of question marks for both teams here. First of all, uh, Milan looks like they're getting some positive injury news here. Tamori looks like he may be back. Then Asser will be back. Uh, that's huge. I mean, that's their best defender and their best midfielder, their best ball stopper in the midfield. Their defense has like fallen off a cliff in the last month. It's been terrible. Uh, and that's a huge red flag. But like, does Benacer, who's their best deep line playmaker and their best ball winner, improve their defense with Tamori back too? They're also getting bad goalkeeper play. Uh, Meg Manion's been out. The backup's been really, really bad at shot stopping and, and coming off of his line and just making ba- bad decisions. And now Tottenham has a goalie problem. They have a midfield problem. Benton Kerr's out for the season. They have a goalie problem because Lloris is out. And I'm no Frazier Foster fan at this point. Uh, and what? I don't think they're getting, they're, they're not going to get much out of him in terms of plus shot stopping. So, I mean, we know what the Tottenham plan is. Uh, they're going to sit deep and they're going to look to transition counter. And I think that they are as a defense, well suited to do that because they have, you know, defenders who are good without the ball and good in defend defending the penalty area. Milan's not going to get transition, which is where they're generally pretty good too. So I think this plays out as a bit of a stalemate. Uh, don't hit a draw, don't hit an under, same thing. But yeah, I mean, there's just so many question marks about these teams defensively right now with the goalies. Uh, BJ, real quick, I know you don't have much interest from a, a betting perspective. This is the easiest pass on the board. Right, I mean, there's so much inconsistency with both these teams that, yeah, this is just, there's so many better matches in the Champions League. Yeah, I'm I'm just passing on this altogether. Perhaps it's this one, uh, PSG at home, plus 162 to Bayern. Road favorite plus one forty five, very slight road favorite. Uh, draws plus two eighty. Bayern's minus two hundred to advance. PSG plus one fifty. Kind of have talked a little bit in our league own section about uh PSG's injury issues. Mbappe, Messi, 
Uh, looks like Neymar should be all right for this one. I don't mind ba- uh, backing Bayern here. This is just it feels like a classic PSG Champions League spot where they just it's, their, their journey just kind of ends. Like you can almost always see it coming with this team in this competition, and and it feels like this it it just doesn't bode well. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's Bayern here or nothing. Anthony, um, I think most people will will be backing it to be a little more back and forth. Uh, considering the two attacks that we're looking at, just on on name value, uh, you're going the other way. Yeah, I'll be looking to play PSG in the return leg for sure. I think that they definitely um, present matchup advantages in this situation against this Bayern team. Like Bayern, as much as Nagelsmann tinkers and like changes the plan and and they do a lot of different things. Like if you look on paper at this team and you were to say like where's Bayern weak, and it would be that they concede quality shots. I mean, they just like our bottom five in the Bundesliga and average shot uh, XG per shot allowed. And uh, they tend to get broken open. And when you're playing Mbappe, Neymar and Messi, that's like the worst possible nightmare scenario combination. And they're especially going to be favored in the second leg, depending on how the first leg plays out. Like if they're minus more than minus a half in the, in the second leg, like that's just going to be PSG time. Uh, I love that spot, but like in terms of, we'll talk about that in a month, but like this matchup, I mean, it looks like Messi's out. And Mbappe's out, and like that's pretty much how most of the PSG attack. I mean, they wanted to add depth in the transfer window. They couldn't. Um, Ekatike and and Neymar can like be okay, but like there's just not all that much talent on this team. If you look at the, the eleven that they started at uh, Monaco on Sunday, like or Saturday, it was just not a team that is going to go toe to toe with Bayern in the Champions League. Now, I do think if we know anything about Galtier is that he can he can set them up defensively and and make them a defend team and. And kind of get at this, you know, pretty overvalued Bayern attack still. Like at the other end of the pitch, Bayern is still not getting the same quality of shots that they were getting when they had Lewandowski, even though Musiala is amazing and like, you know, Gnabry is amazing. Like they have great attackers, but they don't get the same focal central located shots. And so I think when they play elite other elite teams, you're going to see their defense, their attack struggle. And, and you've kind of seen it. I mean, when they played Dortmund, they scored two goals, but they didn't take a shot until the 40th minute. They finished with under one and a half expected goals. They played Leipzig. They scored once on less than one expected goal. Like if you're going to play against the elite elite, uh, I think you can see some flaws in this Bayern attack. So I like the under 3.25. I bet that three and a half. If you follow me in the app, we bet that before the Messi news. So it was even better afterwards. This is just classic. Like, Oh, it's going to be back and forth. It's two great attacks, but like it's the first leg. And especially with PSG, not having their guns now, like they're going to sit, and they're going to try to keep this within a goal. And if they keep within a goal, then they're alive to go to to go to Bayern in a month and win it with the, with the talent they have. Yeah, I uh, I find people. this very interesting because you guys do you guys want to take a quick guess how many times Bayern's lost this season in all competitions? Just just quick guess. Four less. Once. I think they've only lost once, right? Yeah. To Augsburg. <laughs> um, Jesus. But they've had a they lot won. of draws, though. Yeah, but if you go back to the champions, like I understand it was a long time ago. I understand Saudi Omani was healthy for that at portion but they won every single match and the second leg against barcelona was very very impressive it's a match i think we all think i think pretty much all of us were on barcelona at that point um but byron went in there they created two expected goals they beat them three nothing they created five big scoring chances against now is one of the best teams in the world and i understand they've drawn three times in the bundesliga but they've won the expected goals battle in every single match outside of the wolfsburg match out of the world cup break and if you go through psg 
in the past in these type of champions like situations. I agree with you, Anthony. Galtier went with a 3-5-2 against Monaco on Saturday, so he can very easily drop that into a 5-3-2, play very, very defensive. Um, and there's some interesting with the injury news on Messi and Mbappe. They're trying to say, like, there's some positive news. They might be fully fit. I'm not really sure. Uh, even if they aren't, like, we've seen it time and time again from PSG. If those three are on the field together – they do very little to no defensive work. So now you're trying to defend one of the best attacking sides with a ton of great attacking wingers. I understand they don't have an out and out striker, but trying to defend all of those wingers with seven, eight outfield players is a very, very difficult thing to ask, especially for someone like Verratti, who's not entirely healthy right now. So I have major, major question marks about how PSG is going to actually defend Bayern Munich. It is the first leg. They'll probably play more defensive, but yeah, if if Messi and Mbappe are out, then that's just that's just troublesome. I don't know how they're gonna. I mean, obviously they have Neymar and Egateke has been decent in in spots this season, but I mean they played three teenagers against Monaco. Are they gonna have to do that in this first leg against Bayern Munich? Um, that is just troublesome. So I like Bayern on the money line. Uh, I, if you follow me in the app, you know that I bet it right when the Mbappe news came out that he was going to be out. So it's dropped quite a bit, but I do think there's still some value on Bayern Munich here in this first leg on the money line. An interesting strategy here too would be like if PSG loses 2-1 or 1-0, or then maybe uh, backing them with a future to win win the entire tournament, right? Like, because, you know, like the way that this draw sets up, you're already going to be without, that, that would require them to eliminate Bayern. So that's one of the favorites out. And then yeah. Madrid and Liverpool, they're, they're playing each other, uh, and the then you have teams like Benfica playing Bruges, so you're getting a soft team coming through to the the quarterfinals. Uh, you could even, even Chelsea, even Chelsea Dortmund. Right. I was gonna say Chelsea Dortmund, right? So like the the Tottenham, yeah, yeah. So it's very it's very open. If you can get if you can get through Bayern, I think the number is too short at eight to one is what I'm trying to say. But if they do fall behind. Or if they even don't win this leg, then you can consider it because if they do get through, if they come back and win and they're, they'll be healthier for the second leg, um, the competition should really soften up. Uh, and that's kind of what the what I was saying off the top with Leipzig. Right? It requires them at 100-1 to 1 to to beat City already. So they've already done kind of the hardest part. Um, and then you're talking about City's gone, one of Bayern and PSG is gone, one of Liverpool and Madrid is gone. Uh, it's... It's going to be wide open. Um, oh yeah. If, if one of these, if if there is a little bit of chaos, uh, in in, in the quarterfinals. Um, you got a Napoli ticket, right? I do have a Napoli hundred fifty yeah. to one ticket. It's just ten that, bucks on it. That still. is live. That is very close. That's very, <laughs> I'm trying not to get too and excited. I, and about I think it. they're overrated too. Now, like their Serie A prices. Are no, you know, Frankfurt will but come back from the grave. In it, in a Champions destroyed. League like this, where like yep. every dominant team has a flaw, well, all the big boys have flaws. Ooh. Oh yeah. Well, that's why the Europa League is more interesting than the Champions League. Sure. Uh, we'll, we'll get there in a little bit. Roma's already won it. Let's talk about uh, Wednesday. Uh, Dortmund, Chelsea. Dortmund plus 150 at home. Chelsea plus 187 on the road. The draws plus 230. Uh, the two advanced. Chelsea minus 163. Dortmund plus 120. These odds, of course, uh, from Bet365. Uh, last eight matches for Chelsea. Two wins, four draws, two losses. 11 total goals. 6-4, 5 against. Those six goals have come on 12 and a half expected goals, uh, 7.6 allow expected goals allowed. So a little, little bit of an overperformance uh, on defense as well, but they didn't look great against West Ham. I think West Ham is 
we've talked about it. They're very stout defense. So not, not the worst result in the world to get out of there with the draw. Um, Should have Dortmund, won. Dortmund, meanwhile, five on the spin, five wins on the spin since the world cup, uh, 15 goals scored five against 10.2 expected goals created in those five matches, five and a half against this, this to win this leg, uh, to win this tie over two legs is going to require Chelsea to score because Dortmund's going to score. They've kind of shown us that, right? Can you lay minus one sixty three on Chelsea to advance here? I know, we, I know. I think we all we all think that they're kind of due for some regression positively, uh, offensively. I think Graham Potter will eventually figure it out. They they kind of look like Brighton Potter's Brighton teams from from you know eighteen twenty four months ago when they they were creating and just couldn't finish. I don't hate a look at Chelsea on on the three way line in, in the first leg to to pull the upset, but boy, I don't trust them over two legs to score enough uh, to to justify those odds. Anything for you, BJ? Yeah, I don't hate a look at the over two and a half goals in this match. So here's what's interesting is that, so I am projecting 2.92 goals for this one, but like you already mentioned, Chelsea do for so much positive regression going forward, but the Dortmund attack has been fantastic all season in the Bundesliga and is only going to improve as we go along for the season. So they're third in the Bundesliga, non-penalty expected goals. They've created the second biggest, second most big scoring chances, second most box entries. And all of that is for a majority of the season with Anthony Modeste as their main out-and-out striker, which we've mentioned, I don't know, 5,000 times on this podcast. But now they have Sebastian Haller. Ademi is getting more involved in the attack. So now a Chelsea team that I understand Enzo Fernandez is good, but he doesn't make an entire team. And I think you saw against West Ham that Chelsea is still very, very vulnerable in transition defensively and especially on set pieces as well. So I do think this is going to be a little bit of a back-and-forth type match, and Dortmund has been pretty average defensively in the Bundesliga as well. So with the Chelsea attack having some positive regression going forward with it, with the Dortmund attack already being great and already going to be even better going forward in this leg, I mean, even if you go through Dortmund's results and you look at when they've played some of the best competition, they created 1.6 against Bayern. They had a great offensive performance against Manchester City in both legs. So... I think this is a back and forth type match. I do like over two and a half goals, which you can find at minus one Oh five out there. So I think we're going to see some of that positive regression for Chelsea. And then the Dortmund attack can definitely threaten this Chelsea uh, defense and transition. Uh, Anthony, anything for you real quick? Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it's a contrasting styles and it's going to be a really interesting matchup. I mean, all four of these matches this week, I have projected pretty close to a coin flip. <laughs> so I am very, much excited for this. Like it is not, and I said this when the draw came out, like it is not the best betting slate in the world where I'm like chopping at the bit to get down on like this team hammer spot against this team that I think is super overvalued or undervalued ever. Uh, but this is an interesting tactical matchup because Chelsea wants to play slow and Potter wants game control. And, you know, you talked about Brighton, like what happened after Brighton couldn't finish all their chances for a little while. They got good. Um, but we also don't know what Chelsea is. I mean, I thought they played fine against West Ham. In aggregate, they didn't really create much in the second half, which was kind of concerning. Uh, they should have had a penalty, but like should have had a penalty in stoppage time on a bad chance. Doesn't mean like, oh, should have won because you didn't really deserve it, even though the call was obviously a handball. So it's kind of tricky to say. But I think we don't know what Chelsea is because they don't even know. Like they're changing all these players in and like it could click. Could it click this week? I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical. Like this is the this is the easiest pass on the board for me because I don't really know what we're getting from Chelsea. Dortmund is finally getting healthy too, but they're still kind of bad in transition. I mean, their transition numbers are really poor this year. They're bad defending set pieces, which is always a red flag in these knockout tournaments. So that like you can make a case against four both teams. I don't really have a strong opinion here. 
I will be interested uh, in about a month when we get some more data on what Chelsea looks like and what Dortmund looks like with these teams being fully fit again and having new players, uh, what it will look like then. These are the two teams where like of the eight playing in this round or of the 16 playing in this, in this round, I think in terms of like, who's a team nobody's talking about that could make a run. It's probably these two. And then, and then enter for me. Like those are the three where I'm like, Oh, if things were to break, like this team could be really dangerous in a year where there is no dominant, dominant team at the top. Uh, finally on Wednesday club Bruges, they're here. They're ready to party. Uh, plus three twenty at home hosting Benfica. Odds on on the three way line minus one eighteen. The draw is plus two seventy five. Two advance Bruges plus three thirty three. Benfica minus five hundred. Uh, this is kind of what I, you know. I was talking about how Leipzig with their draw taking on City. Uh, it's that's why they're hundred to one and Benfica twenty eight to one because they are playing the worst team uh, in in the round of sixteen in their matchup. So. I'm going to bet Bruges on the three-way line and, and maybe bet them to advance, but it comes down to a lot of times, I think, because Benfica was really impressive in that group stage and they've been good in, in, in the Portuguese league. We know that they're better than Bruges, but we're still talking about a team from the Portuguese league as a team from the Belgian league. It's in Belgium. I think there's enough pointing to Bruges uh, at this number, and I don't want to get too wrapped up in what we saw out of Benfica in uh, in the group stage. Like I said, it was good, but the group stage was so weird all over the place. So I'm not, uh, I'm not too thrilled uh, laying juice with Benfica. Uh, but BJ, you've been trying to, you've been trying to tell people about I've been, tra- how you've been bad trying to squash this Bruges team, team for a long time. Yeah, but they, long time. They keep. By the way, do you guys, do you guys, uh, do you guys know who's managing Bruges right now? Scotty Parker. Scott yep. Parker is managing Bruges right now after getting fired from Bournemouth after Jurgen Klopp assassinated him. Um. I don't see it at all. I don't see with this Bruce team, even if you look at the results coming out of the World Cup, I understand they overperformed Four. in the Champions League. I yelled that until I was blue in the face, and it finally came to fruition against an fellow Portuguese side, Porto, who pounded them 4-0 on the road. They've won one match since the, since the World Cup break. One match in the Belgian Pro League. They have a plus .35 expected goal differential in the 13th most difficult league in Europe, while Benefica... I understand they just lost Enzo Fernandez and Anthony's going to tell you he's their best ball progressor and they're going to lose that without him in the middle of the pitch. But they're still at around a plus two expected goal differential per 90 minutes in the sixth most difficult league in Europe. And oh, by the way, they took care of business against lesser competition in the Champions League, in the group stage. I do not see it. I mean, even if you look at this Benefic attack, they've only gotten better since the transfer window, they brought in Guedes from Wolves on loan. They still have Neres. They have Gonzalo Ramos scored a hat trick in the World Cup. This team is unbelievable. This team is awesome. They've been close to one and a half goals better in a better league than Bruges, but yet they're only minus 110 on the money line. What? No. Give me Benefica minus 110. This is an all great, great spot for Benefica, who's also been in great form since Endo Fernandez has left. So. They still have Gio Mario, who's a very capable central midfielder. So let's not sit here and act like just because they lost Enzo Fernandez, who's only been there for half a season, that this team that has loads and loads of talent is going to suddenly fall off in the midfield. I don't see it at all. Oh, by the way, and Andre Skavolson and Jutkla, Jutkla, if that's how you pronounce it, I apologize, are both questionable to play in this match. Skavolson, their best midfielder, and Jutkla was basically one of their best uh forward in this champions league run so benefica minus 110 i do not see it with this bruce team they 
stink, and they've showed that all season long, but somehow Anthony is going to buy into them. That's a Barca legend. Fair yeah, that's true. Play. You know, look, I think we we can look at, like, the sample of games in the Champions League, and we can say, like, oh, they're not actually a good team. But, like, let's consider what wins generally in these Champions League situations, these knockout tournaments. We've seen it before. You don't need to have dominant underlying numbers in one match. You need to have a system that is effective, a good transition ability, midfielders. They have a really young team. They press effectively. Like Bruges is the kind of underdog that I want to get behind. And I understand that their underlying numbers in Belgium have been bad, but it it becomes different in in a Champions League environment. Let's go back to what they actually did in the Champions League because yes, they absolutely rode Mignolet, who was God mode in the group stage. Like you can't deny that, but like, okay, they played Porto twice. They didn't just play them once. They played them twice. The first meeting, they waxed them. Like, there was some defensive no, errors, didn't. but like... Stop it. No, they didn't. They, they scored four goals off, two of, and a, off of five shots. Again, but two and a half, over two and a half expected goals. They With sat the deep, let them have the ball, the transition effectively. Yeah, there was some defensive mistakes in there. But again, 4-0 win on the road in Porto. BJ only counts the 4-0 win uh, that, that Porto got. They got Where two are we playing this match at? They, the, in Bruges. They played, exactly. and they're, they have good home field. They played Leverkusen twice. Leverkusen, mid-table, you know, German team who's underperformed this season, but hasn't been, you know, like they still, have, you know, you, you could make the case that they're a decent team. Uh, I won't later, but played Leverkusen twice, uh, held them under one expected goal in both meetings. Like this is not a team who's just like a, a total sieve. The only game where they got truly pounded was Atleti in the second match when, yes, they were very, very fortunate. Mignolet was standing on his head, but they were 11 guys behind the ball, defending for the point because all they needed to advance was a point and the game never got out of a game state where they had to do anything more or even attack uh because they had just beaten atleti by the way at home two weeks before now atleti was minus 115 at bruges in the champions league and uh you know bj made the same case and he said uh, bruges is still bad we've been saying bruges is terrible all the time maybe they'll be terrible on wednesday but catching a half goal at home I am very intrigued by this this midfield. Noah Long, one of my one of the up and coming guys you're going to hear about in the future. I would like it if if Yukla would play. He said eight goals and four assists this year. He's been good, but uh, we don't know yet on that. But yeah, I will be on Bruges plus a half. I'll go head to head with BJ. We'll go we'll go to battle. This kind of reminds me of the Ajax situation from last year, where like Ajax trucked everybody in the group stage. We were like, yes, Ajax, Ajax, Ajax. But the market got a little inflated on them, and I think that's a little bit of the case here. Like, yes. Benfica is better than Club Bruges, but are they good enough to be laying, you know, minus 115 on the road at Bruges yeah, in the first right. leg of a, a matchup they don't need to win? I don't think so. So, yeah, give me Bruges plus a half. We'll disagree. Uh, I'm going to fly in the face of uh, of Benfica, who look, like, impressive. Very good. But, yes, losing Enzo, I think, does matter in this kind of matchup. Especially when you're playing a team who wants to run in transition and has the pieces to do it. Um, Buchanan, especially, like, they have really fun transition attacking pieces. And that's how they ripped apart Atleti, ripped apart Porto with some, you know, a little bit of like pressing traps, spring a, spring a mistake, big chance, big chance. They're not going to take 20 shots. If they get eight and they score, I think they're in good shape. All right, uh, let's quickly talk about the Europa League. There is a clear headliner. Barcelona minus 143 at home, hosting Manchester United, plus 320. The draw is plus 320. Barca minus 175 against uh, to advance against United, plus 125. The Red Devils are... I think what the market is telling us here is something pretty interesting, which is United, is they're rolling, right? Like this team is, it's unrealistic to expect them to win the Premier League, but they're in the kind of title race. Like when you're going to see the graphic on P 
Peacock and NBC Sports. There's going to be Arsenal and City, and they're going to show United. They're close enough to be on the fringe, and they've been rolling since October, and yet Barcelona's minus 175 to advance past them. That tells you a couple of things. Perhaps United isn't as good as they're giving credit for by the masses, and the second thing is, or maybe Barcelona's just that good. Is Barcelona, are they one of the best teams in the world right now? It looks like it. Uh, I really don't have anything here. Uh, BJ... I'll flip it to you. I feel like you've been licking your chops for this spot for a while. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm taking Barcelona minus 140. Uh, Barcelona, I mean, before the city, you know, put on three point what nine expected goals against Aston Villa today. Barcelona had taken over the top spot in Europe's top five leagues and expected goal differential per 90 minutes. And they are absolutely rolling right now. They're unbeaten out of the World Cup break. They've won seven, ma- seven of their last nine matches. And listen, this is another situation where very similar to I kind of see this as you know how United played against both City and against Arsenal, where United's going to sit deep. They're going to play a low block, but the same the trap that Xavi's not going to fall into, which is the pet the the trap that Pep fell into, was that United did such a good job at closing off the middle of the pitch because their low block is very effective and it is very good. What Barcelona's been doing is they've been building out in a four-two-four shape. So essentially, they are creating a lot more whip with. Rafinha, Pedri, Gavi, and creating more space for Lewandowski in the middle. So I think they're going to be able to attack United in wide areas because where is United weakest at their fullbacks who don't defend uh, as well as other places on the pitch. Obviously, Casemiro will be back for this match, which is very, very big, uh, especially given the last two matches against the Leeds. Obviously, uh, they did not deserve to beat Leeds today uh, on Sunday. Uh, not at all. I mean, Leeds outgraded them 1.8 to 0.9. Uh, and I think this is just a really, really good Barcelona spot. And guess what? The matches are starting to stack up for Manchester United. Now we're going on three weeks where they've been playing two to three matches per week now. And now you have to go on the road to Barcelona in the midweek after coming off back-to-back matches against Leeds. So yeah, I, I don't see it. I have Barcelona projected at minus 217. I truly believe that this Barcelona team right now, the way that they're playing are the best team in the world. Uh, and I think it's going to be very, very difficult for United if they couldn't really keep Arsenal out. Obviously, Casemiro wasn't there for that match. And even the match against City, City tilted the field on them. I get it. They didn't create a lot of expected goals and they didn't play a lot through the middle. But if they played the ball, you saw it. Anytime that City wanted to play the ball out wide, there were just acres and acres of space. And if you want to give Rafinha and other guys that much space, good luck. Uh, so I like Barcelona minus 140. Uh, Anthony, you got anything here? Yeah, I'm going to play Barca, but in a different way. I'm going to play to advance. Uh, if you shop around, you could find minus 140, 45 out there. Uh, I like that a lot. Now, here's the thing. This is not like the Champions League where they're going to have a month in between matches. This is this Thursday and next Thursday. So they're going to Manchester next week. You mentioned the match pileup. Uh, it is a problem. Ted Hag is not rotated really at all. Uh, he played some really interesting lineup decisions, you know, second leg against Nottingham at home, like playing his best players. FA cup didn't really rotate. Then had the midweek match consecutive matches against Leeds, which are very physical, very, uh, high tempo matches. Uh, United did not play that well in this match at all. I thought, you know, for 80 minutes, Leeds was clearly the better team. They took 10 penalty box shots to three. I think it was in the end, uh, not a competitive match. Uh, but they did have the finishing and then they, you know, the subs changed the game. You know, Lissandro coming in does make United a lot better. But uh, they will play the second leg next Thursday in Manchester three days before a cup final. So, you know, it is 
expected that United will have one eye on that. Now, I don't know what Ten Hag will do. He may not rotate at all. It may depend on how the first leg goes. Uh, but I think it's it's interesting for United, who's in a solid position in the top four and has a chance at a trophy on Sunday, first under Ten Hag, to then go all out in the second leg here. Now, we'll talk about this match again next week, like the return fixture. I I don't really trust Barcelona still. Like to, to I think they're a little bit overinflated in this matchup. But I do like them next week at United, so I'm just going to take the minus 140-45 on to advance. Yeah, and let's not forget, like United has been playing much better at Old Trafford than they have away from home. Like not even counting today, they were still at a negative expected yeah. goal differential away from home. Barca, they're at plus 1.8 expected goal differential at Camp Nou in La Liga this season. So, and like I get it, if you go back to the Champions League, where they got pounded by Bayern Munich, like at home, but Manchester United is not Bayern Munich, so. Uh, yeah, this is a great, great Barcelona spot who will be without Busquets. But again, since Barcelona basically bought, what, 10, 11 guys in the summer transfer window, they have plenty of depth uh, to get through this type of match pileup. Oh, yeah. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Uh, let's real quick. Thirty seconds each. Uh, another Europa League bet you want to throw out there, BJ? Yeah, let's go Roma. Draw no bet minus one twenty on the road against Salzburg. We've all now. If you if you're just on this podcast, you haven't heard us say it. We have all bet Roma twenty three to one to win the Europa League. That is a wonder goal grouper. So if you haven't bet it, bet it right now. But I don't think there's any reason that Roma should be a pick in this match. So we've already talked about how great Jose Mourinho's team is. They're at a plus one point zero six expected goal differential per ninety minutes. Just outcreated Lecce one point seven to point three over the weekend, but drew them one one. What makes them so good? is teams just cannot get in their penalty area. Like, Jose is not providing much resistance, but their final third entry to box entry conversion rate allowed is only around 19%, which is on par with basically the best in all of Europe, and they're only allowing 0.72 non-penalty expected goals per match. And it's been a while since we've obviously talked Champions League or, or Europa League, but Brummel was awesome in the Europa League. Like, they had a plus 8.5 expected goal differential in the group stage. They were very unlucky to finish in second behind Real Betis. And Salzburg, 
listen, they had good performances against AC Milan and Chelsea uh, in the Champions League, but the Austrian Bundesliga just returned on the, uh, February 11th. Like, so they've only played one match now, and now they got to go host Roma, who's been one of the best teams in Serie A. And honestly, Salzburg hasn't been that dominant in the Austrian Bundesliga as they have been in years past. They're at a plus 0.83 expected goal differential per 90 minutes when the past two years they've been above plus 1.1. So I think this is a great spot here for Roma, who I have projected at minus 117. So give me them drawing a bet at minus 120. Yeah, that, that came in just under 30 seconds. Uh, Anthony, what, like what do you 30. have here? <laughs> Monaco, plus a half at Leverkusen. These two teams are pretty much even for me. Uh, and Leverkusen has pretty middling numbers in the Bundesliga. Like they've been an average German team this year. Monaco, meanwhile, has really uh, turned up the juice in the last couple of weeks, couple of months even, uh, and has just a much better in-form attack. Florian Verts coming back for Leverkusen ha- will make them better, but uh, I still think this is close to a coin flip. So I take the plus a half on Monaco first leg. Uh, and as B just said, uh, get those Roma Europa League bets in. And also, I would advise you to pick a long shot in the Champions League as well, um, whether it's Leipzig in, is our other group inter, as well. Yeah, might Leipzig. be inter for me, but yeah, it's way. inter Leipzig, yep. one of those. Yeah. Like 20, I'm going to bet, I'm gonna bet inter before, uh, before they play, um, Porto. Yep. I like their matchup with Porto too. I, I do too. By them. Um, and with that, uh, we'll leave you alone to enjoy this upcoming week, champions league. And of course city and arsenal, a title six pointer. And we'll see you again Thursday morning for our regular scheduled premier league, uh, preview for Anthony DeBundo for BJ Cunningham I'm Michael Leboff thanks again to our sponsors Bet365 best of luck with all your bets this week Action Network reminds you please gamble responsibly if you or someone you care about has a gambling problem help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER